Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Coding the Future. I am honored that you have taken this time to join us for the next hour to listen, learn, and have a great time with my incredible guest. Coding the Future is an education-based show to give information and action tips to working adults to guide them to a new level of tech savvy through leveraging your own skill set. We share the inside scoop on tech trends, explain how to leverage your current technology in your career, and explore how your talents can be the key to your own tech success. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. I'm an educator, technologist, entrepreneur, mom of two crazy boys, lover of all things coffee and wine, and an avid list maker and a lifelong learner. Thank you again for joining us today, and I am so excited to have one of my favorite people in the world back with me, but also one that you, as my listeners, have found to be extremely helpful and beneficial to you as you're growing your own tech career. You know, my work focuses on supporting K-12 education entities and, and corporate partners, but I do a lot of my work focused around uh, education. And... In that work, part of what we always want to do is give confidence and help our educators find their own tech genius. But that also is a great area for you to start thinking about, even as being a great educator, how do you continue to build your career? And when I first started this show, I had some, I was trying to find my niche and like, where do I want to be? And I realized very early on that one of the most important pieces in terms of gaining your technical skill, moving your career forward, is really understanding who you are and understanding the confidence and the talents that you bring to the table. In my first, one of my first recordings back in June of 20. 20. Holy moly. I just think about that now. It's almost, it's been a year. This will be a year, Caroline. I just realized that. Um, Caroline Burroughs joined me and we had an incredible conversation around propelling your career, be resourceful and rebranding. Caroline brings just incredible insight to the table from her story of how she found her niche and finally realizing it's okay if she doesn't stay at a job for 30 years and continuing to grow in her own skill set. And in our last episode together, which we will uh, tag here in, in, um, in our notes, we talked a lot about how she took her journey rebranded herself, asked questions, and then ended up landing a really dream role for herself. But you all, since our time together, Caroline has grown and has expanded her reach and created her own brand and business called Coach Caroline. So Caroline, before I continue to yap much longer, I want to welcome you back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. And everyone, let's welcome Caroline Burroughs back to Coding the Future. Sharon, thank you so much for having me back here. Uh, it was amazing to hear that it's actually been an entire year since we spoke last. So uh, just super excited and looking forward to sharing some more great tips with your audience. So take me back a little bit. When we talked before, you were 
we talked a lot about your journey, how you brand it, how you grew professionally. Take me a little bit over the past year about this experience in COVID, how you've grown your coaching business, and a bit more about the career mo- career makeover MBA. And you can pepper that in as you, as you want. But a little bit about, just tell us a little more about how your business has grown and what you're up to now. All right. So um, when we met last in June of last year, COVID had just started shutting everything down. And uh, my my husband and I, we had started a business called Agile Pro Tips, and the focus was on training around Agile topics. Agile is very hot, especially in the technology place. So everything was going well, and I had actually just launched a digital course, which was called Job Search Mindset, and it was geared towards women. Well, you know, that's where everybody was going. Everybody was launching digital courses, and I felt good about it. But then I noticed that people that bought my course and were taking my course, they just kept asking for more one-on-one. Like, oh, okay, well, I took the course, but now I have questions about this. Or mm-hmm. I took the course and now I'm executing it, but I need some feedback on what am I doing? Is it, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Like, is there something I could do better? So the digital courses were a great way to level set folks and you know give them the basis. But I noticed that, Everybody wanted more of the personalized coaching. So I ended up launching my own brand, like you mentioned, and it's Coach Caroline. And what I do is I help women in tech grow their careers by landing better roles with my career makeover MBA. And uh, so the last time we spoke, I was talking about rebranding and the rebranding framework. So what I'm doing here is the career makeover MBA is that same thing made over. So I I like the name MBA because it stands for, the M stands for mindset. So this is all about making over your career. So the first step is mindset. So that's the M. The second step is branding. So that's like what we spoke about last time, the rebranding. And then the third step is action. So you start off by, you know, adjusting your mindset, getting in the right frame of mind. Then you redo your branding. So those are the steps that most people think about when they think about the job search and they think about the career. They think about their resume, their LinkedIn profile. So that's branding. That's how you share yourself with the world when you're on the job search. And then the last step is action. And action is applying for the jobs, going on interviews, um, networking, meeting with other people. So I actually rebranded my rebranding framework and called it Career Makeover MBA. So that's what it stands for. I love that you said that, that I actually bring, rebranded my brand. To, <laughs> I mean, that's perfect because that's, that's really part of the process because right. even throughout our time and our career, every, there's always a season to our lives and how our careers are going to the ebb and flow of it. So I love that you said you had to rebrand your rebrand. <laughs> that's perfect fit. So I'm curious to know, you mentioned that you launched the digital course and then people were asking for more one-on-one time. So what were they seeking or what are they seeking in that one-on-one time when they are reaching out to you to ask further questions? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, so now I do offer personalized career coaching and I would say, uh, you know, the big thing they want is feedback. Well, clarity on the process, right? So that's huge. They want clarity on the process, but they want feedback on if what they're experiencing is normal. Is this what I should be expecting? Um, 
should the recruiter be asking me this type of question? Um, is this, is, you know, I think, I think that the job search is very isolating. Uh, sometimes people yes. are ashamed to let others know that they're looking for work. Maybe they lost their job, so they don't want to advertise that. Maybe they're unhappy in their job, so they, they don't want to advertise that either. And so it can be, especially in COVID, it can be a very isolating process. And so when I offer career coaching to my clients, what happens is I become their, their sounding board. And I can also help remind them, okay, yes, that is normal. It's, it's very normal for a recruiter to ask those questions, but also like, yeah, that's not normal or that's not appropriate. Um, it, this is just a, a random example, but recently I had a client reach out and ask for that a recruiter had pushed them to share references up front before they'd even seen my client's resume. And hmm, to that's me, that was, it was interesting. And it almost felt like a, a bullying tactic where this recruiter was saying, you know, I don't even know your resume. I don't even know your background, but I need to check your references now. And they have to be managerial references and you have to hand them over. And that's, that's not normal and that's not appropriate. And, you know, fortunately my client reached out to me and we were able to have that conversation and just say, you know, let's, let's just gently push back. And if that recruiter doesn't, doesn't back down, then let's just move on because that's not the person that's going to be your advocate anyways. So I'm curious, you know, when, when you're talking with individuals and this is something that I think sort of is, and I don't want to generalize it too much, but a lot of times as females, when we are looking for jobs, searching for jobs, we want to check every box and before we apply. And I will mention that periodically when I'm talking to others and I see not heads nodding and your head is nodding. Do you find that that's still happening with your clients now that they are, there's a, a level of confidence in either wanting to check every box or they're like, hmm, I don't check every box. Should I apply? That's a, that's a great topic. And so that is actually one of the topics in my, the mindset course that I had mentioned earlier. And it, it's about women feel like they should have a hundred percent of the qualifications before they apply for a job. But there's several things that don't work with that theory. Um, first of all, a lot of times job descriptions are written as a wish list. Unless you're already working at that company doing that job, it may be impossible for you to fill out that entire wish list because sometimes job descriptions are copy pasted from somewhere else. Sometimes they will mandate, I've actually seen this, X years of service, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, X years of experience for a certain coding language that actually hasn't even been around that many years. So huh, that's, one that's of a the, good one. That's a good one. Yeah. So that's one of the silly things that I've seen, right? So they may say you have to have 10 years of experience coding in this language, but that language has actually only been around for five years, right? So how can you ever check that box? It's impossible. Something else that I see a lot is um, job descriptions that'll have requirements for proprietary software that's in-house. So if you're not already working in that company, you can't have that experience, right? So yes, but good points, good points. 
I'm still I'm still mulling over about this coding language because that's that when <laughs> someone has written that, that's actually a really right. good point to think about who wrote that job description and right. what area I mean, do they have even a level of expertise of what that looks like? Right. Yeah, absolutely. But then bringing it back to why women specifically don't apply for jobs unless they have all the qualifications, there's a few reasons. So women have been socialized to follow the rules. So if the job description says it's a requirement, a woman looks at that and says, well, that's a requirement. I have to have it. I'm required to have it. Um, and there's a, a great, it's, it's an older article, but it's a Harvard Business Review article about why why women always feel like they have to have 100% of the qualifications before they apply. But what happens is if that woman doesn't apply for the job, then what they've done is they've automatically ruled themselves out, right? So the so women mm -hmm. won't apply because they, they feel like, my goodness, I have to have everything it says requirements. Women also don't apply because they feel like I don't even have a chance at getting this. So that's a lot of it is they just, internally don't feel like they have a shot at all right now what happens again like i said if they don't apply then they can't get the job my clients ask me all the time oh do you think i should apply for this job i mean what do you think the chances are of me getting it and i always answer the same thing i know the chances of you getting it are zero if you don't apply great advice i know I know that if you apply for it, then the chance of you getting that job is greater than zero. So those are two options. If you don't apply, there's zero chance. If you do apply, at least it's greater than zero. But the, the qualification is absolutely huge. Um, I think the statistic is, I don't remember exactly, but for men, if they see they have over, let's say, 40% of the qualifications, they will apply for the job. Now they have a chance at getting that job. When a woman looks at that qualification or that list, if they don't see that they can check 100%, they don't apply for the job. Now what they've done is greatly reduce that man's competition. So there's, there's that aspect. There's also another aspect. I would, I would challenge your audience to think back to maybe the job that they're in right now, maybe the last two or three jobs that they've had, how much does your own job match your job description? Because I can tell you that my previous job, I had maybe 20% of the qualifications that said required. And then on top of that, I would say my job description was 10 to 20% accurate. Okay, so that's another thing. You look at that job description and you think it's the gospel. You think, my goodness, when I go into that job, this is exactly what I'm going to do. But think about your own history. How often is your job description so mismatched from what you actually do in your actual job? So right. And even thing thinking about the skills that you've learned along the way in terms of what originally your job description was to what it is now. And, you know, and this is where we talk about in this show a lot about really finding your skill set. And leveraging that because you're exactly right. I like, I was running through my head the job descriptions of things that I've done over the years. Yep, yep, yep. I, I can't even, half of it is actually not accurate. And then the other half is things that actually are what really happened in the everyday life. Right. But we so, as you know, 
people going out to the job market looking for jobs, we quickly forget that. We look at that job description, we're like, well, that's, we've got to have everything on there. And if we can't, we don't have everything, we can't apply. So the takeaway is you should absolutely apply. You don't need to have all of the qualifications. And if you don't apply, then you've reduced your chances to zero of getting the job. So you should definitely apply. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, are we are in the job or in our careers and we're wanting to move to the next level. So let's say for instance, that we're working within a company and we have an ultimate goal to go to another, another level, right? We begin to start thinking about it and humming along in our brains, you know, it'd be really cool if I could do X, Y, or Z. What is the first step that you recommend someone to do if they're beginning to think they would like to move to that next step, they're beginning to find themselves like, you know, this is not really a good fit for me anymore. What is step number one? Uh, Depending on the culture of your company, uh, if you have an open culture, like I, I work at, in addition to my career coaching, my day job is I work at Microsoft and we have an incredible culture around career development. So if you work at a company with an open culture like that, then your first step should be your direct manager because you can let your direct manager know like, hey, I'm looking at moving to the next level. Um, Perhaps are there any stretch projects that you could give me that could help me build those skills and gain those experiences for that next step that I'm looking for? And again, Microsoft has just an incredible uh, career development culture. And so your, your manager would absolutely love to help you grow and level up, right? If you don't work at a company that um, has that type of culture where maybe your manager might frown upon you talking about leaving, then I would recommend you find other people in your network that have already gotten to that level and start communicating with them about what do they do, what how did they get there? That's what, that's something I always like to ask is how did you get that job or how did you get to that place or how'd you get to that company? Um, But just, just finding people in your network. And if you don't have someone in your network, go on LinkedIn and find people with a job title. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a cold outreach, but people inherently want to help other people. And if you approach it like that, then, you know, they might be willing to to spare some time to talk to you. Yeah, it's that concept around like informational interviews, beginning to seek other people that are doing something that you're interested in. I've thought about this a lot just because, I'll, you know, I'll call it sometimes the boomerang effect where I'll find myself going back to certain areas where I'm really, really interested in it. And, you know, I kind of go down these rabbit holes of finding, of, of learning and then being interested in finding out other people that are doing that job. You know, this is something that took me a long time, Caroline, to to get myself to even do. But I realized, I don't know, maybe 10 years into my career that there I was missing opportunities simply because I wasn't asking. And I wasn't asking for help. I wasn't asking for support, even just simply trying to figure out, like, what is it that you do in your work? You know, what does this title mean? My career has inherently been around education. 
but I was a classroom teacher. And then I moved into a different administrative role where I was working um, very solely with my particular area of expertise, which is current technical education, and then moved into a principalship role, but found that that wasn't my right fit. You know, that was sort of the trajectory of what I was supposed to do, but ended up finding that I really wanted to be in the classroom. And I took my career to a different uh, direction by teaching in the community college and then ultimately going back and supporting teachers in my business with with the dot. But I think my point to this is, is what you are saying is as you begin to think about wanting to transition to something else, begin to seek out the information. And what is your advice around asking? Yeah, so uh, just asking for help, asking for information, is that what you're saying? So yes. a, a bigger picture around asking for help, and this is um, this is actually very timely. Is I'm I'm currently reading Brene Brown's book. I think it's Dare to Lead, and in it she talks about how leadership they will trust people that ask for help more than people that don't, and they will actually give better projects to people that ask for help than people that, that don't. And if you think about that. It makes sense because the people that ask for help, they will, they will be more transparent if they get stuck and they will be more willing to ask for help to get un, unblocked, right? And those are the people that are willing to be vulnerable and to say, I don't understand what's happening or I don't have clarity. Can you help me? Can you give me that guidance? And those are the people that will actually get ahead faster. And once leadership sees that they can trust you to get a project done and get a project done well, and that means that when you hit, when you hit roadblocks in your project or there's something you don't understand, you're willing to raise your hand and ask for that help because then you can get that help, then you can get unblocked, then you can move the project forward and, and, and execute it well, right? And this is actually something we talked about in the previous episode that we did together was how when I was going through my own career transition, I had asked for help. I had hired, uh, you know, essentially a career coach and a life coach. And I asked for help with my resume. And then I reached out to my network and I asked for help. You know, uh, at the time I was trying to pivot into banking. So I asked my network, you know, what kind of jobs can I do at the bank? So... Uh, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to ask for help. And with the career coaching, like I said, I launched the digital courses around the job search mindset, but instead I found people, they love the course, but they wanted more. They, they wanted that help. They were asking for that help. And so that's, again, why I launched the Coach Caroline career coaching brand, because my, my audience was, you know, they were asking for help. And so it's, it's my duty to serve them. And you know, the more that you can ask for that help, the faster you can progress, right? Like one of the original questions you asked was why, you know, what are, th what are people asking you for with the coaching? They're asking for the feedback. They're asking to make sure that, that they're not going crazy. They're, you know, they're asking, is this process normal or is this not normal? Am I, am I being bullied or is this just part of the thing, you know? So, but yeah, I love that you said that. Critical. Yeah, asking and being vulnerable, a little bit vulnerable, because I think that's hard for all of us to do. You know, you even mentioned before about even being 
putting it out there that you're even looking for a job can often be a little bit um, vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, it can be. So I'd like to transition just a little bit to talk a little bit more about Coach Caroline and the framework that you have created or worked on, rebranded over time. And that that has happened naturally because of people asking questions, wanting support, needing your support. And, you know, I think that's it's really powerful for us to, to state that again, because Caroline is just the great example of being able to roll with the punches and know that every step is a different step in the right direction, right? So let's talk a little bit about your framework and how you have transitioned into this, um, the business with Coach Caroline and what uh, your clients can expect. Yeah, so with with Coach Caroline, so again, it is personalized coaching. I, I do niche into working with women with te- uh, women in tech. Um, I found that there are a lot of women in working in tech roles, working for tech companies that have really strong education, really strong like experience, work experience, but they struggle to to recognize their worth. So that's the mindset. And then they really struggle to articulate their value. Um, and that's the branding, right? So we talked about the branding last time, but I, I wanted to share a quick story about branding. So this is a, a story that I talk with a lot of my, I tell a lot of my clients, I tell a lot of my friends, but um, if you have a driveway that's, that's busted, like, it's cracking, it's got problems. And you're standing there in your in your yard and you're looking at your driveway and this person pulls up in a truck, right? Call it Joe, Joe's landscaping. All right. So Joe pulls up in his truck and he says, Hey, I see you're kind of agonizing about your busted up driveway here. Uh, it's a concrete driveway, right? Like, yeah. It's like, well, you know, I'm Joe and I, I do driveways. You're like, really? Then I'm, I'm looking at Joe's truck and I'm like, but your truck, it says Joe's landscaping. You're like, no, no, Joe, Joe says, no, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I've done driveways. I can do concrete driveways. I'm really good at concrete driveways. Um, here, take my card, take a look at my website, you know. All right. So I take Joe's card. I go look him up. And there it is. Joe's landscaping website, a hundred beautifully manicured yards lawns, landscape. All right. So kind of scratching my head, like, well, this is interesting. You know, he said he could do driveways. All right. So another day you're standing out there at your driveway and this guy pulls up, stand the man concrete. And it's like, oh, see, you're agonizing about your driveway. And like, yeah. Dan says, actually, I do concrete driveways. I actually specialize in concrete driveways. I've done concrete driveways for decades. I have tons of references here. Take my car, check me out. So you take Dan's concrete, you know, Dan the man concrete, and you go look at his website. There it is. A hundred awesome looking concrete driveways, concrete patios, concrete pool pads, anything concrete. This guy's done it. He's got a ton of references. I mean, this guy is like the concrete guy. So Sharon, who would you hire? To fix your concrete driveway. The concrete guy. Yeah, the concrete guy. And this is, you know, this is something that women, all people, they, 
when they go to sell themselves in the job market, a lot of times, especially people that have non-traditional backgrounds, right? So non-traditional backgrounds, you've, you've kind of done some career pivots. If you're, let's say you're a CPA and you graduated, you got a master's in economics, you passed your CPA exam, your CPA, you've been a CPA for 20 years, every job you get your CPA, you don't have a problem. You've got a very solid, you know, streamlined background resume. But when you're someone like me that has to do some career pivots and you're changing industries, maybe you're changing roles. Um, when it comes to someone like that, you've really got to be careful about your branding. So you've got to make sure that your branding shows in a very crystal clear fashion that you're the right fit for that job. And in the story that I just told, so many of us go through life and say, oh, well, look, I, I'm, I'm Joe's landscaping, but I, I also do driveways. Oh, and oh, you need me to clean your house? I can clean your house and whatever you need, I can do it. I know I can do it. I'm smart. I'm, I'm a fast learner. Like I can do it. But in the job market, people don't necessarily want a jack of all trades, especially if you're looking at corporate jobs. If you're looking at corporate jobs, they want someone that can fill a very particular skill set. They want someone that fits in a role. And it's your job as the, as the person looking for the job to let them, to let the interviewers and hiring managers know that, hey, I am a great fit for this role. I am Dan the Man Concrete because you need a concrete driveway. Now, if you're trying to get a job as a landscaper, then yes, you want to brand yourself more as Joe's Landscaping, right? You want to have a website that has a lot of beautifully manicured yards. So you have to know what you're going after, and then you have to show that your brand fits that. And I remember, Sharon, you had mentioned, um, I, I believe in the previous episode, you had said, oh, so many times I've said, if I could just get the interview, I could show them that I could do the job. But to get the interview, you got to have a resume that's compelling enough for people to, to give you a closer look. And if you have a resume that just looks all over the place, people are unlikely to call you because they're like, well, I mean, it looks like this person has had a lot of experiences, but are they the right fit for this job? So, so let me the ask you a question. You. Let me ask you a question because I'm going to go back to when we talked about like checking all the boxes to apply for something. So we are be, what I think so I can make an alignment between the two. What we want to to really focus on is our skill set, what we are really great at, showcasing that. And then whether or not we check all the boxes doesn't really matter because we are selling our abilities and our skill set to be able to fulfill the role with our skill set. And then if we don't check all the boxes, we need to probably understand some of it may actually not all fall out in the wash, as they say. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say um, you have a job description. Let's say there's 10 requirements. You fill five of those requirements you want to make sure that your resume really highlights those five bullet points that you match one for one. And you, it's your job as the person wanting the job to make that, to highlight that, to make it so painfully obvious to the person looking at your resume, like, look, I may not have all 10 bullets, but look at the five bullets that I have that match exactly what you want. And then really, you know, just showcase that. So in that process, when you're, in your, when you're walking clients through this, because I think sometimes it feels overwhelming, 
you know, you're ready. Like I even mentioned before, like, what is the first step if you're thinking about, hey, I really would like to go to that next level? Because, you know, I, I don't know, I think sometimes we can get um, comfortable in a role or we can get comfortable in what we're doing and not push ourselves, you know, to, to go to go further. That's why I was sort of asking, like, how do you start thinking about if you ever feel that little bit of an itch to be so you don't stay complacent in, in the role? But that, that's not here or near there, but that is here or there. <laughs> I guess my point is that kind of that little stirring or that buzzing, you know, when clients come to you, do you do you immediately start walking them through your framework or do you get a feel for what is it that they're looking to do or what is that stirring about? Yeah. So what, you know, I'm, I'm very careful about the clients that I choose to work with. Right. And um, I want, I, I only want to work with clients that I know are motivated to take that next step. Uh, first of all, doing a career transition or changing careers or even changing jobs, it's a lot of work. You're, you know, you're, you're thinking about what you want, you, you're redoing your resume, you're redoing your LinkedIn, you're doing a lot of networking. I mean, there's, there's a lot of effort that's involved in it. So if you're not willing to put in the work and the time, then we're probably not going to be able to work together, right? Because first of all, I'm not comfortable taking your money if you're not trying to get results. And so that's, that's one of the big things with career coaching is I always tell my clients, there's nothing that I'm going to teach you that you can't find on the internet for free. Everything that I'm going to go over, someone's made a YouTube video about it already, Someone has uh, written a blog about it already. Someone's made a podcast about it already. The difference is when you work with me, what you're getting is you're getting a clear roadmap, a proven process to follow. It's a time box program, so it doesn't go on forever. Um, you know, you work through just like the digital courses I mentioned. We have a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, I'm functioning as your accountability partner. And, you know, frankly, when you pay for something, you're more likely to pay attention to what you're doing as well. And the clients that choose to work with me, they are very motivated. They want results, right? So this is the whole thing. This is not, um, this is not a casual relationship. We have a very specific goal. You know, the goal is to, to get that next job, to level up, to get the promotion, to pivot industries, whatever it is. But you would not come and hire me to like be your friend for a couple of years. That's not it. Like it's just, we've got a very specific goal. We might become friends and that'd be awesome, but we've got a very specific goal. And um, I, I like to tell people, it's sort of like the example of when you work with a personal trainer, there's nothing that that personal trainer is going to tell you that you can't look up on the internet, that you can't read in a book or find in a health uh, magazine or something like that. But what's the difference? That personal trainer, they're going to give you that, that plan they're going to give you the plan, the plan that's specialized for you. They're going to be with you. They're going to guide you. They're going to coach you along the way. They're not going to actually jump in there and do the workout for you, right? Like if your personal trainer does push-ups, you don't receive the benefit, right? So you've got to do your own push-ups, but they can look at your form and they can say, oh, maybe we do this, do that. They also, they're your accountability partner. You know that you're going to be seeing them every week. You know that you're going to be they're going to be holding you accountable for what you were supposed to do, 
They're going to make sure that you have an idea of what you got to do next week. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the same thing with career coaching. I think that a lot of people don't think career coaching is necessary. They're like, well, I can get a job. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can get a job. The difference is how long will it take you to get that job? How long will it take you to figure out that process to follow? And for me with career coaching, I tell my clients, when, when you learn this process, these are tools that you can keep in your toolbox for the rest of your career. So the things that I teach my clients around the mindset, the branding, the action, they can take that and they can follow that process every single time for the rest of their career when they need to change jobs, industries, whatever. Now they have those tools in their toolbox. They have that proven process. But yes, I mean, it's true. You can figure this all out on your own. It's just what's the opportunity cost? How much time are you going to lose trying to figure it out? Are you going to get so frustrated in the process that either you quit or you end up taking another job that you absolutely hate? Are you going to take another job where you feel undervalued and underpaid? Um, you know, are you going to take another job where you're unhappy and you find yourself in six months going through the same process again, but instead of going, instead of proactively commanding the direction of your career, you're reactively just taking whatever you can get because you're so desperate for money or you're so desperate because you hate where you are. So, you know, that's what I do with the career coaching is I, I help my clients get results fast with that proven roadmap, that accountability partner, and they, and they can take these tools and they have them for the rest of their career. Two pieces that I think are really important is the accountability partner because we, you're right, we can find just about anything on, on the web, but having somebody who's gonna support us and move us along faster from point A to point B is just absolutely, I think it's imperative really if we're going to move forward because it's that conversation and in conversation we're learning and growing in our own confidence we're growing in our skill set and we're learning from one another in this conversation i mean right now i've already learned multiple things from <clears throat> your framework and how to think about even what would be my next move in in within my business or selling what i do to the next school district or to the next corporate client and how my value is of worth I want to ask you top three skills that you can think about when, if, let me frame this a little bit better. Okay. I'd love for you to tell me what do you think is the top soft skill that we should be really working on as we're thinking about, even in our current careers, what is the top tech skill that you think an individual needs to have? And then what would be the, um, top skill in terms of, I'm, I'm trying to think how I want to say this. Let's just start with this, the soft skill and the tech skill, and then I'll come to the business. I want to say like a business acumen is sort of that third piece. And, and maybe that's actually how I should say it, like uh, a business acumen skill, but that kind of falls in with soft skills at the same time. Yeah. I So uh, the top soft skill I would say is, is communication, right? So again, I'm reading the Brene Brown's book. And in there, she has a quote that's clear is kind, unclear is unkind, 
right? So clear is kind, unclear is unkind. This is from Brene Brown's book. And I, I always, you know, call myself an over-communicator. I would rather uh, remind you too many times than not remind you enough. I would rather say, hey, let me echo back what you said to make sure that I really understood it instead of assuming what you said or assuming that I understood what you meant, right? Uh, so communication is key. I, I have not met this person yet, but um, none of us are mind readers. I mean, we're not, right? So we, we, no. have to use, we have to use our words as a way to communicate. And now words are, you know, more than just the words we talk. Words are the words that we type. They're the emails we send. They're the instant chats that we send, the instant messages we send. They're the documentation that we create in the workplace. So we're, we're constantly communicating. And if we can be clear in our communication, I would say that is the, the top soft skill to have. And in the job search, communication is key. How do you communicate with your recruiters? When you go into an interview, how do you communicate your worth? How do you communicate that you're the right fit for this role? How do you communicate to the hiring managers that, that they should invite you to be a part of their team, right? So the clearer you can communicate those pieces during the job search, the better your chances are of landing the job. And then the, the tech skill, is that right? Yep, tech so skill. The, the top tech skill, I would say, is the, having that strong growth mindset. It's like you said in your intro, a lifelong learner. If you are the expert in your tech field today, tomorrow you are stale, right? So someone that has the ability to learn, someone that feels like they can, um, they, they have the confidence to learn new things, someone with a strong growth mindset, they are going to excel in the tech world more than someone who's actually more technically proficient right now, because that person that's technically proficient right now, if they don't have the ability to keep learning, they're going to become outdated very fast. Technology is moving. Yeah, so technology fast. is moving so fast that I, if I say you've got to know this tech stack, let's say you're a front end developer, you've got to know this tech stack today. If I hire you in and you are the best JavaScript developer there is, and then in three months, the entire corporation pivots to another front end language. I don't care how good you were at JavaScript. If you don't have that strong growth mindset, you're going to be obsolete to me, right? So I'd rather hire someone that has the ability to keep learning and learning fast and adapt fast than someone who might be you know, presented as an expert right now. I could not agree more with that because I think about, and, the, and I say this often to people, technology is going to keep growing. Now, you, one of the things that I think is really important is for you to understand the base concepts of what it means to be, to work with technology. How do you operate a software? I mean, how do you go and use Microsoft Word and can you transfer that skill to Google Sheets or Google Docs or whatever it is, like being able to transfer those skills and then continuously doing just-in-time learning to stay abreast. Because even with like something like Excel, which is pretty baseline across most industries, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, any 
deviation from that. It's really important that you have that skill, but then also, like you said, be able to adapt and keep improving because it keeps changing so quickly. So we've talked about communication, which is really important in being able to be a good communicator. And that doesn't mean you have to have this, these long drawn out eloquently written speeches or, or things, but it's communicating your thoughts and, and keeping that relationship present and un letting people know your thoughts and what's happening is so much better than just not telling anybody anything, right? Um, being open about growing in your tech skills and knowing that technology is going to be a part of whatever role you take in your career. And then business acumen is really the third piece. And I know that sort of falls a lot into the soft skill, but in thinking about business acumen, I'm really thinking about your field of expertise. What is something that you can recommend? Because again, that goes back to the checking of the boxes and da 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 da, da. But how do we work on that? Yeah, so this is, this is gonna sound not like business, but it is actually very relevant in business. Um, this, the third thing that you're asking me to talk about, what I would say, especially in COVID, is to, is to think in a very positive manner that, that people are truly doing the best that they can. So when you approach the world with that mindset, instead of, oh, everybody's, I don't know, they're trying to disappoint me or everybody's out to get me or everybody's out to attack me or uh, they're not. If you go in with this, this mindset of, you know, people every day, they're just doing the best that they can. And everybody's fighting their own battles. And everybody has something going on at home that you can't see that's not visible. And, I, and I'm not saying that you don't hold people accountable. I mean, you do. But you, you, can, you can have, you know, honest conversations with them. And if you go in thinking, all right, that they're, they're doing the best they can, you're thinking very positive about it, it will adjust the way you react to people as well. Uh, an example I had was I had a, a colleague that was um, a little short with one of our customers. And, it, you know, I, I know this is he's an excellent engineer, absolutely excellent engineer. And that particular day, he really came across as, you know, a, a bit rude to the customers. And I actually, I wasn't sure how to take this. And, you know, I think for some people, they would immediately think, go to that engineer's manager and, you know, just escalate <clears throat> and, and tell on him, right? But instead, I went to my manager and I, I asked for guidance first. And my manager said, before we jump over and report him to his manager, I would suggest that you have a conversation with him and just see, because normally he's actually an excellent engineer and he's great soft skills, great customer skills. So this was an unusual experience. This wasn't a repeated experience. And so I, you know, pulled him aside and we had a one-on-one -on -one chat and I just said, you know, that I just wanted to give you some feedback that I think what you said to the customer may have come across as a little bit rude. And there were other people in the room that saw this happen and, you know, felt the same way. And, you know, that engineer told me, he said, um, yeah, we've, you know, I'm, I'm having a bad day. I mean, I'm super busy. I've got a lot going on. I feel like there's a lot going on, but I'm glad you told me. I didn't mean to come across that way. And, you know, 
I could have just gone in there and just got super angry at him or run to his manager and told on him. But instead, I went to him first. I asked him what was going on. I had to kind of think positive, like this is a one-off case, you know, something is going on that I don't know. And I don't necessarily need to know, but um, you know, that's that I would say that third piece that you're asking about is just assume or think that everyone is doing the best they can and talk to them. We're, you know, we're just all people. I like that advice because to me, it always goes back to relationships and building and communication is so key. Communication comes first, then we work on our technical skills, and then that business acumen comes with that and understanding how we're going to work with our colleagues or others. Well, we could we could talk for a lot longer. I know we can make this go on uh, to, for another hour, Caroline. And of course, I'm probably going to need to have to come back again. But how do people get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more, to work with you, to um, as a coach, as a career coach? How do they reach you? So you can go to my website. It's coachcaroline.com. So coach C O A C H, and then Caroline, my first name. It's C A R O L. E-E-N and dot com. So coachcaroline.com. I'm also very active on social media. You can find me on Facebook. You can search Caroline or Caroline Burroughs. That's my last name. I think it'll be in the, in the uh, show notes. Um, Coach Caroline as well. I am also on LinkedIn. I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Again, Caroline Burroughs. Last name is B-U-R-R-O-U-G-H-S. And I also have an Instagram presence. So if you like looking at pictures, I've got pictures on Instagram. Uh, if you like seeing more about the stories and, and client testimonials and things, you know, you can hit me up on Facebook and LinkedIn. And then, of course, if you would like to pursue one-on-one coaching and career coaching, you can go to the coachcaroline.com website. And there's a link right there to book a session. And so I do... Um, offer a complimentary strategy session with anyone that is interested. That's amazing. And I would highly recommend that you reach out to, to Caroline because she will give you advice that you need. And like she said, through her framework, you are going to get the action that you want. So if it's been mulling over in your brain, you've done these things on your own, you've done the DIY piece, and you're really ready to take action, reach out to Caroline because she's had the experience. She knows what, how to help you and get you to the results that you want. I can't thank you enough for being a guest with us again on Coding the Future. And if you're interested and you've loved this show, please follow us on the Voice America platform and on any of your podcast apps. You can find me on Coding the Future and hit like and subscribe. And the more that people can um, subscribe or you can share the show with people that you think would have would benefit from, the more people that we can support uh, in coding their own future to their next level of success. And if you'd like to know more about my work, you can find me more at the .consulting.co, that's the .consulting.co, and about my nonprofit at the .org. Thank you again, Caroline, for being with us. It's been incredible. I have hard, wonderful nuggets. Remember to communicate, 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 and get that action in place by reaching out to her and taking your your own career to the next level. Thanks so much, and we look forward to seeing everybody on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. 
Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then.